Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So all I've done is work as hard as possible to get as good as possible, so when I do get subbed on, I score a hat trick. Boys and gals, boys and gals, and all my non-binary fouls. How can Progress have the best wrestling show without Britain's best ever import? Fuck it, I'm coming home. I'm guessing on a plane. I'll be there, boys. Get me an opponent. He's getting smashed up by order of the governor. I could be looking for that Commonwealth slam. There you go, nailed it. Middle of the ring. Absolutely beautiful. One, two, Two, three. three. Oh, she wrote. And your winner, Anthony Ego. Progress Wrestling presents They Think It's All Over, Sunday, November the 27th, in the Electric Ballroom in Camden. On that show, the in-ring debut of former Wickham Wanderers star, former Wimbledon star, former Gillingham star, football star, former world's strongest footballer, Adebayo Akifenwa. His tag team partner is familiar with making the transition into the world of professional wrestling, the governor, Anthony Ogogo. How you doing, Anthony? Good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. What side of the Atlantic are you on at the moment? It's hard to keep up. Mate, <laughs> mate I, I have no idea. I mean, I'm <laughs> you don't know either. That's a worry. I'm, I, think, I think I'm at home in London at the minute, I think. But I might be in Atlanta, I might be in New York, I have no idea. But um, listen, mate, every day, every day is an adventure with me. And I'm trying to enjoy it as much as possibly can. Do you do you get air miles? What are you drinking? What are you drinking, by the way? Oh, oh, I've just got I've just got a coffee, a very boring coffee. That's all oh, I've nice. got. What have you got? Cup of tea here. How'd you take your tea? I take my tea, no sugar, a splash of milk. Just a oh, splash of milk. Nice one. Uh, Did- but I messed this one up because my mate. My mate yesterday, I was with him, he, um, he put the milk in first. And that fucking blew my mind. Ooh. And he said, he's mate, he said, yeah, he said, give it a go. I said, like, okay. And I did it today. And it's actually quite nice, but I'm going to go back to my way tomorrow and for moving forwards. But it's like, variety is the spice of life, isn't it? That's what they say. 
I'm trying, world, I'm trying to spice the, things the up. The world needs mavericks like your friend to to come in and put the milk in first. Oh, I thought you were going to say me, but nah. No, I, mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously <laughs> you are. I mean, I mean, you, you know, here's a guy you were talking to uh, who has represented uh, this green and pre- pleasant land of the boxing world, and uh, on the 27th is at Progress teaming with, and who had this on their bingo card? Former Wickham star Adebayo Akifenwa. This is incredible. I'm so excited. Mate, it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking nuts. It's gonna be unbelievable. It's gonna be so good. So me and Bayo go way back. We've been like really good friends for the last over ten years. Uh, yeah, since the Olympics, we um, he's he is like I've had this said about me, and this is one of the biggest compliments I've ever had. Uh, when I retired from boxing uh, after a really nasty eye injury, seventy eight percent blind in my left eye, so that kind of rules out a lot of things. Well, that should rule out a lot of things that I can't I, I can't now do. Um, people always said to me, mate, you're going to be okay. People said, you're going to be, wherever you do, you're going to be a star. And at the time, I didn't really understand or want to be a star in anything other than boxing. But in life, some things happen and some doors get shut in your face. You can't do anything about it. And no matter how much you huff and puff, you can't blow that door, door down. You've got to move on. And uh, Barry was just retired from his 20-year illustrious football career. And he is somebody that, like, when I've heard that said to me, I look at him and I totally get it. Like the man's a star. He he just got so much so much charisma. He has a presence and aura about him. And yeah, I was desperate to get him in in a in a wrestling ring. And it's happening. November twenty seventh, progress wrestling. It's happening. Bayo and the go go gonna tag team together. So I'm I'm buzzing, man. I'm really buzzing. I want to talk a bit about uh, you, you and Bayo as a team in a bit, but you, you genuinely shocked a lot of people when you rocked up in progress. Uh, kind of like, what, what's his situation? Why is he here? What's he doing that? How did the, the relationship with you and progress start? Well, did it start? Listen, they, they came back after a two-year hiatus because of COVID, and they wanted to come back with a bang. And I want a bang. I bang hard with my fist, and I bang hard in anything I do. And... Unfortunately, for reasons out of my control, I haven't, I haven't had the exposure on AWTD that I would have liked. That I think my, my, my hard work and my ability and my own charisma, I think, would would, would suggest I possibly could have. But listen, me, uh, I'm 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 working hard. I'm working hard, and uh, I've got my head down. I'm, I'm busting my ass to get as good at this craft as possible, and. I'm just gonna say it. Fuck it. I'm just gonna say it. Like I say this on on, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm kind of half being the governor, half being Anthony Agogo, and I live my life. The line is blurred. I forget where I end and, and my character begins because I am the character. Like I don't. Everything I say, I say. Everything I say, I mean. I'll never say anything I don't mean. And sometimes I might kind of ramp up a little bit more and say that's the governor talking. That's not a go-go talking. But in reality, probably is a go-go talking. And the governor, like, it's going to get in the, um, is getting, you know, if I get told off, he can take the blame. But essentially, I did this, I said this on, on Twitter a couple, a week or so ago. I've had 30 matches. I've had 30 wrestling matches in my life, right? In my life. Like, that's it. Most of them have been short matches in AW and I've just smashed somebody up. I genuinely, hand on my heart, believe this. You put me and everything I can do now at 30 matches, I can wrestle anybody, big, small, high flyer, heavy hitter. I can do all the different styles. If you put me at 30 matches against anybody in history at their 30 matches, I'm picking me all day long. And I genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart. People say, I love Kurt Angle. 
he's, he's, he's a friend of mine. He's somebody who's given, given me advice uh, in the past and to this day. And he is literally one of my top three favourites of all time. He's unbelievable. But Kurt Angle wrestled for a year before he made it on TV. He'd done all like the, the house shows and the small hall shows and he'd done all the stuff before he made it on TV. In his first year on TV, he blew it away. But he'd only wrestled for a year. Um, like, I made my debut on AWTV. My first match was on AWTV. I wrestled. I'm learning this thing at the very beginning. I haven't had like loads of sneaky secret matches uh, for, for a year. And as I said, me at 30 matches, I put me against anybody. And um, it's just... I haven't had the chance to do it thus far on a great sta- stage because because AEW we've got a roster full of the most unbelievable talent in the world, and you got to take your chance when you get it. And I haven't had the chance just yet. When I do get the chance, I will take it and I'll grab it with both hands, knock and let it go. But um, yeah, so the progress thing came about because they wanted to make a big splash, uh, their big comeback match, and I just want to wrestle. I just want to show people how good I am. And what I can do, and it was going to be a big thing in AW wrestler being on on progress with affiliation to WWE, make a bit of a splash, and also the best company in the UK, they're the biggest company in the UK, and I want to be on the biggest stage. I love my country. You said like I represented, you no, know, what did you say? The, uh, the 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 green and pleasant. This, Is green, that what you and pre- this green and pleasant land. The you green re- and pleasant land. us proudly, sir. Mate, I love that, and I love. Listen, I got my I got my Union Jack. Headband on. I'm so proud to be from here. When I'm an American on Twitter slagging off the Americans, that ain't the government. That's me. I can't stand it there. I love <laughs> I love this. I love my country. I love what I do. I want to represent I want to perform on the on the biggest stage and the biggest stage in, in UK wrestling is progress. And they've given me a platform to to show what I can do. And I've had so much fun in the progress ring in front of the progress fans. And yeah, and and, and I'm learning. So when I do go back to AW and I am wrestling more um, in the big matches, I've got the experience of wrestling in in the biggest company in the UK. So no, it's, it's a win win for everybody, I believe. It is indeed. I want to talk more about uh, about that match, the big match coming up at the end of this month shortly. But you mentioned your thirty matches that you you know you put them on, you pick them against anybody else's. Uh, I've asked you today, Anthony Agogo, to pick well, three. Well, so, so let me let me explain that again. Like I said, I put me after thirty. I've had thirty matches of experience in my career. Me, at this level of my career, after 30 matches, I'm better than anybody else in history after their 30 matches. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't mean that my I... 30 matches are better than anybody else's 30 matches. Of course not. But me, at this level now, you can train in the ring and you can have practice matches and you can take bumps or whatever. But once you've learned that, you only learn by doing this in the ring in front of the fans, in front of the TV cameras. The only way you really learn by doing it. Me, at 30 matches, where I am now, at 30 matches, I put me against anybody else at 30 matches. After 30 now, matches. granted, most people in, in, in big companies, they wrestle all the time, they wrestle in house shows all the time. So in, in, in a rival com- company, they may have 30 matches in a month, which is very common. I've had 30 matches in, in 18 months, two years, um, in 18 months. So obviously I've had more training and development time in that. But after 30 matches, I put me against anybody. I didn't mean to misquote you there. I do apologize. No, it was, I uh, um, but but uh, to to go from that to go, I asked you to pick us 
three matches uh, from oh. across the history of wrestling uh, that means something special to you. Three that you would yeah. metaphorically watch on a desert island. We're ripping off desert yeah. island discs, Anthony. That's what we do. And <laughs> Ross rips off Room 101. I rip off desert <laughs> island discs. I'm like Sue Lawley of wrestling. So let's, let's go. I know, right? Sli- yeah. Sli- slightly more attractive. Oh, I don't know. Sue was, she was, she was a heavy hitter back in the day. But uh, <laughs> three, so let's go. We'll go through one by one your three matches that you've chosen. We'll talk in and around them about why you chose them and some of your memories of them as well. Uh, your first match, though, Anthony, what would you like it to be? My first match. My first match is the main event of the first wrestling thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. So I have, I have no idea what I was watching. It was Royal Rumble 2000. You're probably a similar age to me ish, and at that year in 2000, Channel 4, they bought the rights to WWF as it was back then. And um, I'll put a telly on one Sunday afternoon watching Sunday Night Heat, not having a, having a clue. I know it's not boxing, because I know what boxing was, uh, and it wasn't that. But I didn't know what it was. And then they said that night, they said, tonight we'll rumble. So I got the old VHS, put it on long play, put it in, press record, woke up in the morning, ran downstairs, put it on. And the first match I saw was 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 this Olympic Olympic champion Kurt Angle in the ring talking. And I'm thinking, why is he getting booed? He's Olympic champion. Like he's like, you know, <laughs> again, having no idea what this business is about. A guy comes out, Taz, and I genuinely thought Taz killed him because when he chokes him out in Taz mission, Kurt Angle's on the floor. And then my mom says, Get to school. Okay, yeah, but mum, 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 I'll just watch the murder. Get to school. <laughs> I had to go to school. I was like 11. I had to go to school all day. I genuinely thought I've just been a witness to a murder live on TV. And I had no idea what happened. I came home, put it back in. And then a segment later, Kurt Angle's in the trainer's room, like, no, talking about how he got... And then, oh, he's not dead. But at the time, I thought he was was real. I had no idea. I had no idea what this wrestling thing was about. Anyway, I watched it, and I opened, opened eyes to this whole new world that I fell in love with immediately. And the main event was... It was uh, Triple H and uh, Mick Foley in a street fight. And I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> this is nuts. And I've watched it back since. I watched it about six months ago. And ain't that good? <laughs> when you watch it back retrospectively, it's not the best in terms of... It's just not the best match. But at the time, I watched it and it blew my mind. And it was unbelievable. And so I'll always be... It'll always be in my top three. Probably top three, top five favourites of all time. Just because... It was the introduction, the main event introduction to my love of this business that I'm now a massive part of. So I, I love, I love the the story. I know Triple H and and, and Foley is your is your chosen match, but I love the story about Kurt Angle uh, and uh, and how you went to school thinking I just watched a guy die. I can't, I Genuinely. can't learn anything today. You 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 mentioned that Kurt Angle, you know, like yourself, Olympic hero uh, turned wrestler. Uh, you say he's had advice. You guys have have chatted and he's imparted some advice to you. What sort of advice has Kurt Angle? So so I met him back in 2014, and I obviously in the midst of my boxing. Career. Career. Again, being a huge wrestling fan, I think he was over for a TNA show at Wembley, and I met him and we were chatting about stuff. He gave me his email, his number, and we kept in we kept in touch. And then I hurt my eye, had a few injuries, and he's obviously been through a lot of injuries himself. And he's somebody that like I look for mentors everywhere because everyone's got a lesson to teach you if you're willing to listen. Now, some people like Angle has so much gold he can teach you in, but anybody, a homeless man off the street. Um, the teacher at school you don't like, if you're willing to listen to enough shit, there'll be one little nugget of gold there. And luckily with Kurt Angle, there's, there's no shit, all gold. 
And I'm always looking for mentors, people to help me, uh, especially male. I'm, I didn't have a dad growing up, um, no real like, male, male influence. I'm always like drawn to those, those, those strong, like alpha male people that kind of did great things in their lives. And he's obviously done some, done some great things in his life. So we spoke, I went when I hurt my eye and during that time, I was in a real bad place and he's been in some bad places. So we spoke around that. He gave me some advice and some help. And then, and then I had to retire from boxing. And when I retired from boxing, the night before I put the press press uh, release out, we did a press conference around my retirement. I personally went to go and see or emailed those people that helped me in my career uh, to a personal level. And the two wrestlers that helped me a lot with DDP, he's, he's, he's my uncle. He's like my uncle to me now. And um, and Kurt Angle, who'd helped me a lot, I, I messaged them both privately and thanked them for their their support in in my boxing journey, and it was coming to an end. This is before I even knew I was going to become a wrestler. And then when I did become a wrestler, I emailed him and said, "Kurt, I said I'm like, I'm I'm joining the business," and he's really thrilled for me. And I said, "Can I use the Olympic Slam?" <laughs> he said, "He said, uh, yeah, of course you can." So it's now it's now your go go Slam. So I use that as one of my finishes, but. Um, yeah, he's helped me a lot. He's helped me a lot. He's uh, just a real, it's a real nice man. Well, a class, yeah. it's great that you rang and said that because I, I feel like most wrestlers sort of take moves and just go, ah, they're you know they're fair trade, they're you know they're they're, they're fair use. So I love the fact that you said, hey, do you mind if I have this? And he was like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, go of course. It. I mean, it, ultimately, listen, I, I've got my mom is my hero. She raised me and my four sisters on her own, and you know, I can be a bit of a dickhead sometimes. I can be a bit of a prick. I can be selfish. I call it driven, but selfish driven depends what side. If you benefit from me, I'm driven. If you don't, I'm selfish. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll, one thing I have got is respect. I respect people. I respect the guys that walked before me, that paved the way for me. Um, as I hope people will respect me in years to come because I've paved the way for a lot of people um, and will do as, as, as life goes on. So yeah, respect, decorum. I mean, they're simple things to, to have. doesn't cost a penny. And I always, you know, respect. I respect people. It doesn't matter if you're Kurt Angle or that same homeless person on the street. You're going to get my respect mm. until you do something to lose it. Once you've lost it, you might get a slap of it as well. But prior to that, you're going to get my respect. I think there's a lot to be said for, for respect uh, in, in wrestling. And, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning it. Do you feel like there'll be people who might hear you say that and disagree because there was that whole thing with you and Jonathan Gresham online a little while ago. And many people were very vocal about how that went down. British, you can tell that the gears are turning and we're, we're, you know, the wind-up merchants is, is, is in full swing. But did you get a lot of flack for that from, from colleagues and peers? Or was that just fuck a lot em. of <laughs> if, if I did, my favourite phrase, fuck them. If you don't... Um... <laughs> so, life is short. We don't get a long time on this life. We don't get a long time on this earth. Like, it's about having a good time. I was a boxer for 18 years. I've had 21 surgeries in my life. I've been put to sleep 18 times for general anesthetic. Other three were local anesthetic. Like, my body aches every single day. I'm 78% blind in my left eye. Boxing is the most brutal sport in the world. You're getting punched in the head. Nothing's more serious than that. When you walk to the ring thinking, if I have a low left hand, if I make one... One mistake, I could get rendered unconscious. I could get a bead in my brain. My wife in ringside could watch me per, you know, become a vegetable. I can't think of it as another PC, but become not me now, right? 
So when I get into wrestling, like, I want to have fun. Now, don't get me wrong. Like wrestling hurts and it's hard and taking bumps suck and getting hit hard sucks. It's a really, really, really hard industry. However, I lived 18 years of my life, busting my ass for boxing. I did everything right. I never cheated, never missed a day at training. I gave my all. I still came out with a bad eye and a bashed up body with my dreams incomplete. This next chapter in my life, I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. And there's other things like, with all, I love wrestling, but I could have earned more money doing something else. I could have made a, a living, a better financial living and um, a more, uh, an easier living. <laughs> it hurts second bumps. It hurts mm. getting thrown into suplex in the chair. There's, there's healthier ways folks. to make a fortune, admittedly. Healthier ways, easier ways to make more money. So I did this because I wanted to do it. I, I, I don't need to do this. I want to do this. The second this isn't fun for me anymore, I'll do something else. Right, and that's and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. The second this is not fun for me anymore, I'll do something else. I'll make as much, if not more, money, and I'll um take no bumps, right? And my head's not going to get bashed up. So like, I'll do this to have fun. Now, some people, I was I'm not aware of this. I thought wrestling is that some people take themselves very seriously, mm-hmm. um, which me makes which means hilarious. It's hilarious. It's so funny to me. People take themselves so seriously. So for me. Like, I'll have some banter. I respect people, but I'll have banter as well. And, like, there's a difference there. But when the banter, when when, when they, people can't take a joke and start getting funny and start getting personal and start saying things on social media that's physically, it's actually not true and trying to be spiteful, oh, I can be spiteful. I can I can have fun. I can be spiteful. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, listen, I'm very, very, very hard to affect. Mm. Don't talk about my family. Um, that's it. Other than that, you can't affect, you can't hurt me. I am bulletproof. I'm bulletproof. So like, I'll have fun. Some people aren't quite, probably a bit more made out of glass than me, which is fine. But um, yeah, I'm here to have fun, have a giggle. Um, I respect that man and what he's done. I respect his ability. I respect his talents. So like, I think he's actually really, really, really good. And I was I was poking him to what I wanted to wrestle him at a progress show. Like I wanted to have some fun with him and, and, and make a real cool match. Um, that's what wrestling's all about putting bums in the seats having a giggle having a laugh doing some great entertainment and having a having a punch up at the end of it and everyone goes home happy everyone wins um, but it got blew out of proportion like massively but it wasn't through a lack of respect then when they started kind of saying things with, about me about stuff which isn't true I thought okay I, I can play this game I can have some but I was never I was never malicious I was I, I was having fun it was funny and if somebody's small when I say he's small and they get offended for me saying they're small but if you are small it's like I don't understand it because actually small I don't and actually by me saying you're small and you've still been one of the best wrestlers in the world that proves how good you are do you know what I mean it wasn't a knock it was it was silly it was silly high school banter but by doing that I'm showing you how good you are you're still a world champion or, or at that world title level you're still you're really 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 good but listen uh, we had a chat, me, me, me and we had a chat, me and Gresham at the airport. We had a chat. Uh, we put everything aside. Oh, um, I think we did anyway, which is cool. See, somebody I'd love to wrestle him someday, though, because obviously there's some needle there. There's some friction there, which will never go away. Mm. So um, I'm sure we'll have a banging match. But um, yeah, we had, we had a chat the, about it. It's the tough thing with Twitter because uh, I've fallen foul of it myself. 
uh, on both sides of it where like you always know how you want to be perceived like you always know what you mean and the nearest and dearest know you and know your style and know your but sometimes if a tweet gains traction suddenly you get all these strangers looking at an in-joke or a, or a private bit of banter and they take it on face value and then all of a sudden you're the you know you've got thousands of people <laughs> calling you a cunt and <laughs> that's and that's and it's difficult. It's a difficult one to manage, but as you say, you know. Not for me. Not for no, me. Life's, too, I just life's think, too short, as you say. Yeah, and I just think if you think I'm a cunt and you don't you don't know me, fuck you, mate. I don't give a fuck. That's what I say. When I say fuck them, fuck them. If anybody said that on the roster, there are people on the roster maybe I don't know that were friends with him and thought what I was doing, I was being mean to him. Um, and if they don't, if they don't like me because of it, if you don't like me without knowing me. Fuck you. I, I, I could not care less. Now, if you know me and you know me, then you know I'm not being nasty or malicious in any situation. You know me, like, where it came from. But and there's people on the roster I'm really, really, really close to, and they, they, they know me. But if you don't know me and you're making a judgment and assessment from a wrestling character where I'm a bad guy, mate, bro, come on. Listen, you need to go and, like, have a long, hard look in the mirror. And so those people, fuck them. They don't mean nothing to me. Fuck them. And that's if people had that attitude in life, they'd be way less grey hairs. <laughs> people would be way less stressed out. They'd have way more fun with their life. And they're like, I'm very good at blocking out. Like, I don't. There's a few people on this planet that opinions I really, really, really care about and really value. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people, actually. They, if they said to me, listen, mate, maybe you want, you want to wind your neck in, I'd go, oh, maybe I went too far. Those people aren't Divi fans on Twitter that have never taken a bump in their life. <laughs> I mean, like, QT Marshall, one of the best coaches on the in the world, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable at wrestling. He, he's, he, he's, he's wrestling Rain Man. He's a savant. He's so, he's a genius. Like, he's like, why do you get upset? People people tweet, oh, like, never taking a bump in their life. Saying, oh, that was a good match. That was a bad match. They're saying things about you. Like, all you should really care about is your coach's opinion. So after I wrestle, cutie, how was that? Do I do well? Or my boss's opinion, or and Tony Khan's opinion, and some, some legend, Anand Anderson, uh, Dustin Rhodes, some legends around the back whose opinion I really, really, Jerry Lynn, people I really care about. But the fans on Twitter, I don't care what they say. I don't care. And especially if I'm a bad guy, I care less. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Your opinion means nothing to me. If QT and Tony Khan says I'm doing well, I'm on the right track, I'm going to listen to them. Thank you very much. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, so Calval backstage at Super Strong Style 16 with the governor, Anthony Agogo. What a reception the fan had for you here at the Electric Ballroom in Camden. It was an amazing match, but I gotta tell you, we haven't seen Tate. I've heard that he was stretchered out to St. Bart's here in London. <laughs> uh, it's not looking good for him. I'm not surprised. I smashed him down with the Agogo slam. Mm -hmm. Tower in London, and I pulled my fist up. I'm pretty sure I broke his jaw, so yeah, he won't be coming out for a while. He'll be drinking, he'll be drinking his food through a, a straw for the next three to four months, I think. What's next for you here in Progress Wrestling? I know the fans want to see more mm. of the governor. And the governor wants to be here. I'm back in London, the greatest city in the world. I'm back doing my thing, smashing people up. I just want to wrestle, so Val. I just want to wrestle, I just want to work, I want to knock people out. That's what I do. Sunday, November the 27th, Progress Wrestling presents They Think It's All Over from the Electric Ballroom in Camden, featuring the Progress Women's Champion Kanji defending against Lana Austin. The finals of the Natural Progression Series, Tate Mayfairs taking on Ricky Knight Jr. We will see Big Damo and Axel Tischer. Sanity reunited against Luke Jacobs and Chris Ridgway. Chuck Mambo puts his hair on the line against Kid Lycos's mask. And Spike Trevay defends the Progress World Championship against Jonathan Gresham. In amongst all of that and so much more, we will see the in-ring debut of former Wickham Wanderers star, former Wimbledon and Gillingham star, retired footballer, previously the strongest footballer in the sport, Adebayo Akifenwa. And his tag team partner is my guest on Desert Island Graps today. It is Olympic medalist Anthony Ogogo. Anthony's choosing three of his favourite wrestling matches to watch while stranded on a desert island. What would you like your second match to be, Anthony? Second match, um, again, uh, I was a bit older, uh, probably late teens, early 20s. 
There's WrestleMania, uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, their first match at WrestleMania, which was, I was a huge Taker guy, one of my best matches, a huge Shawn Michaels guy, watching together early hours of the morning, like, you know, it's was over here, oh, yeah. uh, eating Harry Bow and drinking a few busy drinks to stay awake, a few beers as well, so we'd have the Harry Bow and a few drinks to keep awake, and then the beers make us fall asleep, so our brains are a mess watching this match, mate, unbelievable, like, that, that match just... They're both probably white. They're both well into their 40s by that point as well. Um, just an incredible match, like an emotional seesaw. I've only watched it. Like, I watched it live. I might have watched it once since because I like preserving. And I don't like, like going back to the world too often. Like I'm just leaving there in my head. So I couldn't tell you the match from beginning to the end. But I just know that that match really, that hit me. That touched me. Um, yeah, that's a banger. That I whole love, story like, is a banger. The, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker series comes up so often when we do this show. Like and, and it's a, and it's a pretty even split. Like some people, when they choose, they'll go the first one. Some people will choose the second one. The, the second one kind of feels like it picks up where the first one left off immediately. Yeah. So I think they go straight into the finishing position. So it's a lot more action packed. The first one feels a bit slower to start, but in a good way, and and ramps it up. Is that mm. is, is that sort of why you'd pick the first over the second? Maybe uh, pick the first one, the second probably. Second's probably a, maybe. A, and I've watched that one once live I haven't watched that one since maybe watched bits of it since um, but just because by the second one you know it's going to be like you know it's going to be magic because you just know it's going to be magic because the first one was magic so it's hard to like top but the first one was like obviously take a Shawn Michaels two unbelievable pros at a huge stage uh, not quite big as double or nothing or all out but still a very big stage um, so it's like it's like you think it's going to be good but you just never know how they're going to gel and they've kind of kept apart quite a lot in their whole careers, really, after when they become the stars that they were when they did wrestle. So the first one was like, it kind of shocked me how good it was. It blew me away how good it was. I didn't think it was going to be as good as that. And the second one, because you have the expectation, it's harder to kind of like to shock you. But yeah, as a standalone match, if you watch both, you've got an alien down from space to watch it. Maybe the second one's better. But the first one for me is the true pre- precursor to the whole you know, a couple of year thing they had, you know, and I, I, I love that. So, yeah, it's a toss up, but the first one just out of the sheer, not surprised like they weren't going to do it, have a banger, because of course, two of the best ever, of course they're going to have a banger, but it was such a banger. Uh, it was just like, kind of surprised me how good it was. So where were you in your boxing career when you were watching this match for the first time? What, what year? I'm bad with years. I took a lot of head buttons in 18 years. So, let me... Was that like 2006, 2007 kind let, of time? Let me have a look. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. 2008? No. I'm currently, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm currently Googling because my, my head is bad today as well. Uh, their first one was at WrestleMania 25. And WrestleMania 25 <laughs> was <laughs> a long time ago. Was um, hang on. I think it might have been 2007. Let me just I will I will double check. 2009. 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah, I'd have been I'd have been 19, I think, about uh, that age. So I would have been. I just missed the Beijing Olympics in 2008 because of a shoulder injury. And at this time in my life, I was. Yeah, had a shoulder injury. I got kicked off. The, I was the reigning junior Olympic champion, junior world champion, um, hoping to go to Beijing as like a young, young welterweight for experience to London to be my real one. And then I just, yeah, I done my shoulder in 2008, got kicked off the squad, had to bust my ass for two years and 
by shake, scratch, scratch, claw, back onto the squad. I'll go back on the GB squad in 2010, and then yeah, back on the yeah. So this time I was I was life wasn't great for me for the governor. Like I was I was working at a pub called Notley's in in my hometown called Lowestoft for five pounds eighty five an hour on a Friday night. I'd work three hours, then get bored, and just want to go home because I just, I just got bored. And then six quid on a Saturday, and I I got kicked off the Great Britain team, not knowing if I was going to get back onto the Great Britain team. But yeah, it was it was it was a strange time. But I mean, those difficult years uh, where you kind of really form your character. I think it's easy to be either a nice guy or successful or happy when life is going good for you. And up until that point, I'd never broken a nail, let alone hurt myself. Had a really big injury. I was told I'm probably never going to. The surgeon said to me in 2008, uh, Doctor Mr. Tivoli Strong in Cambridge said to me, "You're going to lose a large percentage of your power in your with my left arm." In your in your left arm, your jab and your hook hand. He said, You're a young man. He remember him saying, You're a young man, you're a good looking kid. He said, You you seem very intelligent. Like, do you want to go back to boxing? And I was like, Of course, well, of course I do. He said, There's a lot you can do, you know, just so you know, like your arm isn't gonna be the same. And so like getting told you're gonna lose like a lot of power from your your jab and left hook was kind of a kick in the kick in the dick, but um yeah, I was so, so headstrong. And as I said, I got back, worked hard, came back better than ever. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, tough time. Yeah, you, you you went through the ringer with it all, obviously missing Beijing and getting injured. And with was there any point in, in this time, I know you say that you were sort of laser focused on, on this is boxing, boxing's my world. Was was wrestling, uh, getting into wrestling at any point of consideration at this time? No, 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 not at all, not at all. Um, not at all. For a couple, like, Boxing was everything to me. It was, I don't know, from 12 years old, I walked in the gym and it was the only thing I ever wanted to do. And wrestling was my, I used to say, like, guilty pleasure, but not guilty pleasure. I used to love it. And I used to, like, you get a lot of wrestling fans and, like, they come out when they're, like, for the big ones and they kind of go back. And they might like it, but don't really talk about it much. I was always really vocal with my love of wrestling. I loved it. I, like, I genuinely loved it. It was so much fun to me. And I was the kind, I never thought I was going to do it. I was the kind of fan that, like I would never like Wikipedia the rest of the ages or who was dating this or I would watch the TV show and just immerse myself for those two or three hours on the show. And like, I wouldn't want to know who's, who's banging who backstage or who's doing this or who's doing that. I just used to want to believe it was real um, because yeah, I'd lose myself in it. Like when I watched, I love James Bond. I don't go on Daniel Craig stunt and see how he does it. Cause to me, it's James Bond. Those two hours is James Bond. So yeah, I, I never wanted to learn anything. So when I came into wrestling, I've been a fan for almost 20 years, but just as a fan, I didn't know anything about wrestling the other side of the curtain. I didn't know how people interacted. I genuinely thought there'd be like separate locker rooms for like the blue corner and the red corner, like in boxing. Like I was just really naive to it because <laughs> to me, it was real. I wanted to believe it was real. So now nah, it was always, always boxing for me. And, um, but when my boxing career came to an abrupt halt, uh, as I mentioned, there's other things I could have done. But this to me, I mean, it's silly now. Look at like where I am in my in my life now. I look back and think I wouldn't change anything because where I'm at. But like, it was obviously going to be this. It was always going to be this. I, like I remember when I first retired, I was 
I had no idea what I was going to do because I retired. I had, I had nine surgeries on my eye in three years to get back in the ring. Spent so much money. I remortgaged my house. I sold my car to pay for surgeries that ultimately didn't work. And then when I first retired, I had no idea what I was going to do. I had seven surgeries. I had two more surgeries on my eye in secret because I, I thought now I've kind of retired. Maybe if I get back, like maybe the pressure's off now. If I get back, it's going to be even even bigger return. And I couldn't get back, obviously. But now I'm in it. I just think, why was I worrying so much? Because this is the obvious transition for me. Like, I've always loved it. Physically, I can do everything required to do. I mentally understand it. The psychology of it, I, I understand way more than somebody else coming in with, with no experience. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm here now. I'm here now. And I'm, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm having so much fun. And um, the day I don't is the day I walk away. I think there's something to be said for the fact that you didn't get sort of wrapped up in the the, the, the backstage hullabaloo and all the things that went on and you just drank in the product because you kind of come into it with a, a, a clear palate. Like you're, you're, you're not, uh, you've not developed any weird habits or how you think it should be done. You're just going, I know what I like to watch. I'm just going to do that. Hmm. If you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, when AEW, because I, I had a choice, both companies, I could have went down there, but I chose to go to AEW because I love the sports-based the sports based product. That's what I like coming from boxing. I, I wanted to do this. I got uh, not told off, but I did a tweet recently. Um, I haven't been preaching much on AW uh, for a while whilst we kind of figure things out. Not on TV, I've been doing obviously elevation, gaining experience, getting better, honing my craft. And I trust the boss implicitly. Like Tony Khan, he's an absolute genius. Like QT, he's a genius. Like them two together. Then you've got Sanjay Dart, who's unbelievable. You've got Pat Buck, who's great. You've got Tony Schiavone, who's really, really good. You've got a box, you've got Kenny. In AEW management, like, you've got just geniuses all around the place. It's great how they all work together so well as well. They're led by Tony Khan. He's a genuine, like, phenomenal human being. So I, and QT's my coach. So QT and Tony Khan, I really trust where I'm at. I trust that they're going to bring me through at the right time and I'll get the chance when, when, uh, when it's the right time for me and my development and my career. But I do get frustrated because I am away from my family a lot. I am in a country that I don't particularly like being in, working hard through this dream, and I want to I wanna get the chances. And I got frustrated recently because the pizza guy, that pizza guy was on TV, and I got a little tweet. Again, half joking, half being serious, like this pizza guy who's not, he's not Sean Michaels in the ring, put it that way. He's had more time on AWTV this year than I had. And it pissed me off because it's going to be a sports-based product. I get it, right? I get it. I understand what they're doing. I get it. But I just want to wrestle. I just want to get good and have the time. And he got kicked in the face in like three seconds. And I don't want that spot. Of course I don't want that spot. <laughs> but I just want, to, just want to be on TV and just want to just show people how hard I'm working and how good I can be. Because you, you can do all the training in the world. When I'm in the gym every single day, lifting weights, training hard, doing my cardio. I'm at the school as much as I can get, learning, doing bumps. So this week in training, I was at a play fight in London, Tom Dawkins' car in our school. And I was doing my top rope aerial moonsault stuff, which I'm probably never going to do, but I just want to learn that stuff. Because if I can learn that stuff, if I know how to do it and like the physics behind doing it, I can know how to take it and stuff. So it's like, I just want to get better, basically. And you can get as good as you, you can get. You can get, you hit a certain ceiling without... You get a certain ceiling just training. 
then you've got to wrestle to kind of like get the rest of it. Makes sense. You only learn certain things by actually doing it in front of a paying audience, getting booed or cheered in front of a TV cameras. It's a whole different ball game. I just want, I've done all the training in the world. I want that now. Like, that's what I want. And uh, I've got to be patient, which I am being, but I've also got to work hard in the interim. And that's what I am doing. So hopefully I'll get my shot soon enough. You might not be able to answer it because you might know the answer. You might not know the answer yourself. But like you, you, you were very prominent on television for a while, and then you, as you said, you've just disappeared. And I get the, I can sense the, the frustration that you're, you're itching to do more because you love what you do and you want to do more. Have they given you any reason why you're being held off? Is it just a case of there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of players in, there's a lot of cards in the pack at the moment, or is there something else? I think there's a lot of cards in the pack, a lot of big cards as well. Um, I had to come away last year after I had a feud with Cody. Um, I had to leave because I had some visa stuff going on. I had some uh, long, long, long story short. Uh, my passport got nicked. And um, in typical American fashion, it's really, really difficult and hard to get a DRV. My passport got nicked. Therefore, my visa got, my visa was obviously in my passport. I had to report that stolen. I had to get a new visa. Only way to get a new visa, I had to leave America. Once you leave America, you can't come back into America without the visa. So I couldn't get an appointment. I Honestly, mate, I talked about grey hairs earlier. I gave myself so many grey hairs. Obviously, this is last year during the height of COVID. Every embassy in the world was shut. There's a year backlog in every embassy. That's a very, very real very... problem over here as well, if anybody listening in the in the US. That's a very real issue that we've had in the UK where uh, the passport offices have, have been backed up for months and months and months yeah. and months and months. So this is a, a, re- a genuine real problem that uh, you're, you're stuck with like the, the, the Johnson family who want to go to Disney World and like people who yeah, want to book who need to change their passports that have expired during COVID. So you're... you're Those you're bloody Johnsons. That. The Johnson my, family again. My... You go to Disney every year. Have a, have a year <laughs> off. Let a go. Go, go, get back on dynamite. Take my bastard fucking passport <laughs> appointment. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like, it was, but listen, it's, so it's things out of, like nobody could foresee this. Nobody could foresee my, my passport actually expired and I sent it back to the UK to get renewed um, because of the 10 year passport. And then it got pinched in transit. Somebody nicked it. I sent it back and I never made it there. So, um, so yeah, so I, these, these are real life problems that nobody could control because no one knows a passport's going to get nicked. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then I had to leave. I had to leave America so I couldn't stay there without, without a visa. I had to leave. And then um, I had to wait. I luck, thankfully, my it's just, this is like May 2021. The appointment, the earliest appointment I could get in London was February 2022. So I could have been away for nine months. Thankfully, I was able to, after a lot of hard work and I spent a lot of money myself to kind of like you know, different visa, like immigration people. I got an appointment in Brussels in September last year. So I was away for five months rather than nine months. But I think what the idea was, because I was scheduled to be away for nine months, they'd kind of written me off TV for nine months because I wasn't supposed to be there for nine months, which is again, nobody knew that it was going to be nine months until I got back to England because you can't apply for an, you can't apply for an appointment until you're back in the country. It's a whole thing, a whole... Mm really rubbish like red tape thing and then i was i guess they'd written me out for my months and when i came back everything had changed we'd signed brian danison the best wrestler probably who's ever lived we signed punk and this person that person and then the whole landscape changed then cody left so like me coming back and doing something with him that was that was gone because he's now he's not there anymore so everything just changed and i think with me i think i'm such a unique talent 
that it's hard to know what to do with me, I think, because it's just it's just difficult. I would, uh, yeah, and, and I, again, I, it's, it's not me. I don't know. So all I've done is work as hard as possible to get as good as possible. So when I when the, I do when I do get subbed on, I score a hat trick. Then I then I I'm, I start the next week and the next week. You got to take your chance in life, and sometimes you know sometimes you want it. So, and that's what I said what I said at the beginning, saying that like I'm the best thirty match novice ever, um, and I believe that in terms of what I can do uh, and, and stuff. But like sometimes things don't happen for a reason, and maybe you don't know the reason, you can't see the reason. But that's why people like Tony Khan, who's a genius at wrestling, Cutie Marshall, who is a genius at wrestling. That's why those people are management because they know things that you don't know, and they can see things and predict things that you can't see and predict. So, as I keep saying, I'm working hard. Uh, when I do get the chance, I will score a hat trick, and, and I won't. I won't give up, and I, I believe that. If only there was, I don't know, uh, an AEW UK event next year where you could walk onto, I don't know, hypothetically, Craven Cottage and score a hat trick. I'm just hi- hypothetically, Mate. hypothetically. Mate. <laughs> Mate. Oh. Got, got a fucking stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate um, when that yeah. happens in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get to your third and final match, um, we also like to spring this on people. It's a little bit of fun. It's nothing bad, I promise. As well as taking three wrestling matches, you're also allowed to take with you a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Ooh, so if saucy, I said to saucy. you, you could take a movie... A saucy movie. It doesn't have to be a saucy movie. A movie of any sort uh, for your uh, for your trip to a desert island. What would your movie be? Oh, I guess, I guess. Oh, because this is a tough question. Because most people, I think, go for their. So, am I stuck on it? I'm, this is me. My brain works. That's good. So on this desert island, am I stuck on it? Am I there with my own volition? Am I stuck on it? You're just stuck there. You're stuck there for okay. uh, for a set amount of time. So you've got to have some things. And what to is that? You. What is that time? Uh, three months. Oh, okay. That's changing my answer because what I was oh. my favorite film is Pulp Fiction, and then it's a toss up between that and and um, and. Bloody fucking house. My favorite, Man on Fire. Man on Fire, my two favorite films. Okay, so had it been longer, fire. would it have been Pulp Fiction or Man on Fire? Uh, no, no. So it's, it's neither, actually. It's neither. Oh, okay. <laughs> if it's three months, because, because if it's three months, I wanna, if I'm there by myself, I want to laugh. Mm. So I'm going to pick Snatch. No. I'm picking Snatch. Or maybe The Gentleman. Maybe The Gentleman. I'm going to pick The Gentleman, uh, Guy Ritchie. Because, because, <laughs> um, I thought about this way. It's not even Snatch, even one of them two films, not even in the top 10, but they're funny and they're cool. And it's like, I can watch that over and over and over again and not get bored. If I watch Man on Fire, I've got a tear in my eye, I've got a lump in my throat. I'm not in a rush to watch it again tomorrow. Whereas The Gentleman, I can watch that all day long, every single day, giggle, laugh at new bits. And yeah, there's, there's swearing, there's sex, there's killing people. What's not to like? So basically... <laughs> Basically, a standard weekend for the governor. Um, <laughs> All right. How about an album? What album would you take? Oh, it's goodness. tough, isn't it? It's tough, isn't it? This is a real tough one. It's a real tough one. So again, I think under the same premise, I've got to be keep my spirits up. 
when I'm away for three months, I'm going to get bored. Um, I, oof, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm, oh, goodness me. It could be, it could be any R&B hip hop album from circa high school year. So from circa 2002, 2006. And it was like winter R&B albums. I'm talking like, oh, like the compilation ones. Yeah, compilation. Yeah, maybe that's cheating a little bit. If I had to, if I had to say an album, I'd, oh fuck me, all the Beatles. Ooh, is there a Beatles album you'd take? Which 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 one springs to mind? Which sort of Be- Beatles era would you say that uh, is your main one? I'd cheat and say the Beatles number ones. Yeah. The Beatles number one. The best of the Beatles. It's probably best the best of the Beatles. Of the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As if Anthony Ogogo did an Alan Partridge line in the Desert Island Grams. Probably the best of the Beatles. <laughs> that was really good. That was actually really, really good. Yeah. Sir Alan. <laughs> God bless Tom Chris Partridge. That's incredible. That's made my day. Okay, I'm going to let you take the best of the Beatles just for the Partridge reference. Um, and your your luxury item. So it could be something with sentimental value. It could be a bit of tech. It could be something to else outside of watching something to keep you occupied, keep you keep you going whilst you're there. What sort of Ooh. thing would you want to take? Ooh. Oh goodness me! Thought the boxer, you might want to take a punching bag or something like that because you could take some. Nah. I'm thinking way too like logically. I'm thinking I'm there for twelve weeks by myself. I presume I've got to kind of go out and hunt and find my own food. So I'm going to be weak. I'm going to be tired. I don't know I'd waste calories punching a bag. And I'd be saying that that was calories going out to kind of hunt food. Um, I'm thinking I've got, I've got, uh, I've got a, okay. I'm going to take my humidor full of sexy cigars and, and a special lighter of mine to, Yeah, I got I got a nice lighter that my sister got me when I retired from boxing. And it's got the governor's picture in the governor's. It means a lot to me. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so I'm taking my lighter. So if I if I if you if you allow me, I'll take my lighter. So it'll come in handy, obviously being in the thingy. And if I'm allowed, I can put it in a little box, and I'll have some maybe how long there for twelve weeks. Yeah. I'll have 20, 24 cigars, my favorite cigars, twenty four different wow. from around the world, and I'll do what, two a week. To get me through each few days, I can reminisce. I can think about stuff. I can put my put my Beatles song on, watch watch Snatch, have a cigar. Mate, I'm gonna go. It, you you you're selling the island. You're selling the island dream quite nicely, Anthony. Go. You're selling it to me, man. Sell it to me. Right. We'll do your third and final match. What's it gonna be? So we've had uh, Jarrett. We've had Michaels versus uh, Undertaker from WrestleMania 25. We had Triple H versus Cactus Jack from Rumble 2000. Third and final, Anthony, a go go. What you got? I think it's my favourite match, actually, ever. I, I believe it is. Um, I think for the whole story, I'm, I'm going to go um, Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes, double or nothing, 2019. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that that match blew me away. I was, uh, I think it's probably my best ever tweet. I did a tweet. So I was at home here in London. I was uh, watching five in the morning, took a picture of the TV, Dustin and Cody hugging, blood everywhere. Um, Dustin looked like a used tampon. <laughs> I told him that once. I told him that once. He laughed his head off. But um, yeah, in his red suit, blood everywhere. Like, it just—it was a gory, gory size. It's a great match, and I think like you know, there's a lot of blood in wrestling nowadays, which I'm not the biggest fan of. But when done right, like it's, it's done really well. 
But um, yeah, that match told an amazing story. It was, and it kicked off AEW. And by this point, I'd already signed with AEW. I'd already signed. And I was at home, never taken a bump before. I was at home in my house, watching, thinking, this is exact. I'm so glad I've joined this company, not the other one, because this is what I want to be involved in these in, in this storytelling masterclass. There is no weekly TV to build up this. I've done some real cool promos on YouTube on the road to double or nothing. Um, they told a great story. And I was invested from the first second. And the fans were invested in, you know, they both looked up the dusty up 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 in heaven. And it was just it was just an amazing like 30 minute piece of of storytelling. And if you watch it back, they don't do a lot of mad news to each other. It's just, it's just, that is what professional wrestling is all about. And I did a tweet, I took a picture and said, this is professional wrestling. And that tweet got silly thousand likes and retweets because everyone just, I guess, agreed with what I tweeted. That was professional wrestling. Like storytelling, that is, that is purest form. And two unbelievable, unbelievable professional wrestlers. And yeah. It was um yeah great match really really good match my favorite match I think. What was your favorite moment about working with Cody? Because you guys had, uh, had some fun, didn't you? You did a good, good bit of business. John, my favorite moment, my favorite moment retrospectively was going to work each week and knowing what you're doing, which doesn't happen in wrestling. Like, <laughs> it's like everything's last minute. But when you work with an EVP, he had his stuff planned. He's a uh, do you know what? Like I've literally he's obviously the best person I've ever wrestled. Obviously. Um, so, but like he was the first person I ever touched or locked up with in the rest. I wrestled Cole Carter and 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 uh, and uh, Austin Gunn, and then wrestled Cody. And those two both two young like up and comers. They can be great. They they all both are really good anyway. But five years time, those two are going to be top top stars. But Cody is a top star, and working with him, like it was a bit unfair really because, and I say that because he's so good and like, not everyone's as good as him. So it's like, oh, well, I've scored that trick on my, on my debut for, for, for Barcelona and I think every game is going to be like this mm. and then next year I'll go on loan to Port Vale. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the equivalent. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's deep, man. That's deep. Uh, everyone's like, what's Port Vale? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, so he, he's just really good. He's just just really good, and I learned a lot. And like as I mentioned, like I came into wrestling for twenty, watching it for twenty years, the best part of twenty years, and I'd and I got the moves really quickly, and I picked up the psychology really quickly. But I didn't get wrestling from that side of the curtain. And working with him for those six, eight, ten weeks, and working with QT so closely, I learned so much, and it's going to hold me in real good stead moving forwards. And as I mentioned, no one's seen no one's seen a snippet of what I can do, and um, and you know when people do see what I what I can do in my career, a lot of that will be because of the great the great grounding and learning that I had from Cody in that program and from QT um, on a daily basis at the Nightmare Factory. There was so much love from this side of the water when you were fighting Cody Rhodes. There was so much energy, like the the. And I, w- I want to share this because this is something that I tweeted just before your match. And I kind of, I, and it's, I'm not, it, it's go, stay with me. Like I predicted how the match should go and I think you'll like it, right? Okay. I think you'll like it. I wrote this back. I think, when did I write this? Da, 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 da. Uh, I wrote this um, to May 2021. So just for your match, right? 
Agogo made a bombastic British entrance with large Union Jack flags dropping from the Tron. A thousand dollars worth of pyro, 17 bulldogs and God save the Queen playing as he enters the ring. Cody comes out with American flags falling from the sky, riding a replica Statue of Liberty as another thousand dollars worth of pyro goes off. (laughs) The crowd screams USA, USA. Many people cry. Everybody stops for respective national anthems like it's the Olympics. The US anthem sung probably by Jennifer Nettles to a booming ovation. More pyro, (laughs) red, white and blue pyro above Daly's place. The crowd chant USA for 15 minutes. Cody cries twice, overwhelmed by the grandness of it all. (laughs) The bell sounds. A go-go punches Cody in the guts. Cover one, two, three, five stars. My... That's if what only. it should have been. That's what it should have been. That's what it should have been. Bell, bang, done. Mate, mate, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm not going to talk too much on this, but yeah, like, take, sometimes silence speaks a thousand words. <laughs> uh, I think, I, I asked for the anthems, and then they said, I like, it's funny, you said a lot of that, I asked for a lot of that. Oh, yeah, drawn- 17 Bulldogs. <laughs> I think I only asked for. I'm not greedy. I asked for twelve. Oh, greedy, that's fair. That's you know. <laughs> but I am. Um, I asked for. I asked for the anthem. They said no, um, for certain things for certain reasons. I asked for people dressed up as like as um, as beef eaters. I got one of the guards outside the fucking <laughs> bar. No way! I asked for that. We didn't get it. I didn't get it. I asked. I asked for a few things. Really ramp up, but like we we actually lost. Like we, the match was good. Could have been really good. We lost six minutes of our match because um, time constraints. I think it was about a while before and went heavy. So we lost. We we filmed a really cool um, like Rocky montage beforehand. It's like a five-minute really cool Rocky montage, which was a really... No, I, again, not even as a kid, as an adult, but especially as a kid, like the promo package before the match, you think of Austin versus The Rock. They're like, they're so... Man, by the time the bell goes, like you're frothing at the mouth. <laughs> we filmed something really cool. We filmed a really cool like for that, but we had to cut that because of time. We had to cut literally forty percent of our match time, which was like the moments. So it's the moments, like you got the moves and stuff. It's the moments in between the moves that make wrestling. Like if Taker, Taker and Shawn Michaels could have had that match in half the time, and then a rush through everything, and then the fans can't really get drawn in because they, when the fans want to feel. You take it away, they can't feel. We had, our match could have been better had we given had the, we had to cut our time because these these moments we we had some special moments planned and they had to go essentially. So that was really frustrating. So it's like my first foray on the big stage. Um, I didn't get my bulldogs. I didn't get my beef eaters. <clears throat> the Johnson family. That bastard. Them again. It's fault. the bloody Johnsons again. Bloody Johnsons. The match wasn't quite what it could have been because of because of time constraints. We don't understand. It's it's just you know after that we had a big meeting after that like how people have to stick to their times because it's not fair. People having their matches kind of like you know scuppered because other people's like unprofessionalism. Um, so so yeah, but listen, it was great. It was it was a great way to make my way, and I had a lot of fun. I'd have liked certain things to change, like certain outcomes be a little bit different, but you know. I've just got like I believe I can believe I can be a huge huge player in pro wrestling moving forwards in the next five six seven eight years. I can believe I'll be a real big deal. 
that could went differently, trying to get me there quicker. But listen, I'm going to get there. I back myself. I'll work hard enough. I believe in myself. I'm going to get there. Um, my route will be different to what I thought it was going to be. But I'm going to get there, no doubt. Well, you're going to be there at the end of the month, Sunday, 27th of November. You and Adebayo Akefenwa, Progress Wrestling presenting, they think it's all over. Have you imparted any wisdom to, to Bayo that you coming into wrestling as you did wish that you would have had? Uh, no, not yet. But yeah, he's, he's, he's really hard to get hold of. <laughs> he's a friend of mine, but he's so busy. He's just had his, just had his I'm going to plug this for him. He's just had his documentary released. Uh, please go watch the documentary. He is a man, had a 20-year pro footballer. He's the strongest footballer in the world, has been for the last 15 years. On FIFA, strongest footballer. He was written off every step of the way. Um, he, he, he never gave up, always persevered. He's got this energy that when you see him, like he makes you feel like you're his best mate after meeting him for like five seconds. He's so big. The big per- he's literally a wrestler because he's so big and personable. He's, 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 you know, so strong, like freakishly strong, like weirdly freakishly strong. I'm strong. Like, I'm strong. I'm a strong dude. That man, mate, he's a mad, mad, mad strong. Really charismatic. We're going to have a banger on the 27th, me and him versus Malik and Costa. Malik and Costa, I can't put them over enough. They're both really good. Like, I had a bat, me and Malik had my favorite match I've ever had in my 30 matches. We had a red match at Progress to set this match up last uh, two weeks ago. It was brutal, mate. I took, I did a swanton bomb off the, off the turnbuckle onto people on the outside on the floor. I did a boom and I did a house show dive, which you see people like, you see people like Pack and Will Ospreay do all this mad stuff. And like you get so accustomed to it, <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, I can do that. Then when you do it, almost break your neck. You go, oh yeah. There's a reason why I shouldn't be doing house show dives because almost caught my foot off on the top rope and broke my neck. Um, yeah, it was you no. Know, we it was, there's fire extinguishers involved. There's chairs. There's pints of beer. It was great, man. Like, honestly, the progress shows are so much fun. And uh, yeah, I, it's going to sell out the 27th. It's going to sell out. So please, please, please get your tickets. Adebayo, Akin Fenwa, one of the most famous footballers in the country. Anthony Gogo, London Olympic med, uh, bronze medalist in boxing, current AW star, tag team win against Malik and Costa. Mate, it's going to go mad. Barry has never done anything in wrestling before. He got in a ring the other night when I won for the first time ever. He had, he had no idea what wrestling was. He has no idea what wrestling is. So... It's going to be one hell of a spectacle watching this giant man wrestle. It's going to be great. So get down there and yeah, get a ticket. It's going to be good fun. We're so excited for you to be part of Progress. They're doing some really incredible stuff at the moment. And having Anthony Ogogo as part of the plan uh, is an excellent part of that as well. We cannot thank you enough for joining us on Cultaholic Island. It is always a pleasure to find an excuse to get Ogogo as part of Cultaholic. And uh, wish you the best for you and Aki Fenwa. Uh, and here's to getting 12 Bulldogs at least for when you get back into bulldogs. AEWs. At that's, least that's 12. It. At least 12 bastard Bulldogs. Last thing I'll say is if you're watching this, uh, whether you're in the US, and UK, Canada, wherever you are, uh, just go and watch wrestling. Or go out to your, and I don't get anything from this, but like just go out to your local indie shows and support the wrestlers and buy some merch. Go to AEW when we come over um, next year. So go and support wrestling. Pay your money, cheer, boo, shout, scream, have fun. But just go out and watch wrestling because the boys and girls, we work really hard. The boys and girls, they work really, really hard. 
and it's nice when they work hard when the arenas, the the stadiums, the women, the the small halls are half empty. So imagine how much harder they're going to work when they're full and they're busy, and you guys are being walkers. So yeah, just get out there and support your local wrestling, and uh, let's get wrestling back to a position in British pop culture where it should be. My thanks to Anthony Agogo for joining me on Desert Island Graps. Watch Anthony team for the very first time with a man making his in-ring wrestling debut, Adebayo Akafenwa. At Progress Wrestling, they think it's all over. Live from the Electric Ballroom in Camden on Sunday, November the 27th. Tickets are on sale right now at progresswrestling.com. 